Chapter 2 of Lives of the Most Eminent Painters, Sculptors, and Architects, Volume 6. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Elsie Selwyn. Lives of the Most Eminent Painters, Sculptors, and Architects, Volume 6 by Giorgi Vasari. Translated by Gaston Duce de Vere section two lives of fra giocondo liberale and other craftsmen of verona part two even as it is true that the city of verona is very similar to florence in situation manners and other respects so it is also true that in the first as well as in the second there have always flourished men of the finest genius and all the noblest and most honorable professions saying nothing of the learned for with them i have nothing to do here and continuing to speak of the men of our arts who have always had an honorable abode in that most noble city i come to liberale of verona a disciple of vincenzio di stefano a native of the same city already mentioned in another place who executed for the church of ognesanti belonging to the monks of st benedict at mantua in the year fourteen sixty three a madonna that was a very praiseworthy example of the work of those times liberale imitated the manner of jacopo bellini for when a young man while the said jacopo was painting the chapel of st nicolo at verona he gave his attention under bellini to the studies of design in such thorough fashion that forgetting all that he had learned from vincenzio di stefano he acquired the manner of bellini and retained it ever after the first paintings of liberale were in the chapel of the monte della pieta in st bernardino in his native city and there in the principal picture he painted a deposition from the cross with certain angels some of whom have in their hands the mysteries for they are so called of the passion and all with their weeping faces show grief at the death of the saviour very natural in truth are these figures as are other works of the same kind by this master who strove to show in many places that he was able to paint weeping countenances this may also be seen in st anastasia a church of friars of st dominic likewise in verona where he painted a dead christ with the maries mourning for him on the pediment of the chapel of buonaveri and he executed many pictures in the same manner of painting as the work mentioned above which are dispersed among the houses of various gentlemen in verona in the same chapel he painted a god the father surrounded by many angels who are playing instruments and singing with three figures on either side saint peter saint dominic and saint thomas aquinas on one side and saint lucia saint lucia saint agnes and another female saint on the other but the first three are much the finer being executed in a better manner and with more relief on the main wall of that chapel he painted our lady with the infant christ marrying saint catherine the virgin martyr and in this work he made a portrait of messer piero buonaveri the owner of the chapel around this group are some angels presenting flowers with some heads that are smiling executed with such grace in their gladness that they prove that he was able to paint a smiling face as well as he had painted tears and other figures and the altarpiece of the same chapel he painted saint mary magdalene in the air surrounded by some angels with saint catherine below a work which was held to be very beautiful on the altar of the madonna in the church of saint maria della scala belonging to the servite friars 
he executed the story of the magi on two folding doors that enclosed that madonna which is held in vast veneration in that city but the work did not long remain there for it was removed because it was being spoilt by the smoke of the candles and placed in the sacristy where it is much admired by the painters of verona in the trameso of the church of st bernardino above the chapel of the company of the magdalene he painted in fresco the story of the purification wherein a figure of simon that is much extolled as also is that of the infant christ who with great affection is kissing that old man who is holding him in his arms and very beautiful likewise is a priest standing there on one side who with his arms extended and his face uplifted towards heaven appears to be thanking god for the salvation of the world beside this chapel is a picture of the story of the magi by the hand of the same liberale and in the pediment of the picture there is the death of madonna executed with little figures which are highly extolled great indeed was his delight in painting works with little figures with which he always took such pains that they seemed to be the work rather of an illuminator than of a painter as may be seen in the duomo of the same city where there is a picture by his hand of the story of the magi with a vast number of little figures horses dogs and various other animals and near them a group of rosy-coloured cherubim who serve as a support to the mother of jesus in this picture the heads are so finished and everything is executed with such diligence that as i have said it appears to be the work of an illuminator he also painted stories of our lady on a small predella likewise after the manner of miniatures for the chapel of the madonna in the duomo but this was afterwards removed from that chapel by order of monsignor messer giovan matteo giberti bishop of verona and placed in the palace of the vescovado which is the residence of the bishops in that chapel wherein they hear mass every morning and there that predella stands in company with a most beautiful crucifix in relief executed by giovanni battista Veronese, a sculptor who now lives in mantua liberale also painted a panel picture for the chapel of the allegini in st vitale containing a figure of st mestro the confessor of veronese and a man of great sanctity whom he placed between a st francis and a st dominic for the chapel of st girolamo in the vittoria a church and convent of certain aramite friars he executed at the commission of the sculptrigli family an altar of st jerome in the habit of a cardinal with a st francis and a st paul all much extolled and in the tramezzo of the church of st giovanni in monte he painted the circumcision of christ and other works which were destroyed not long since because it was considered that the tramezzo impaired the beauty of the church being then summoned to siena by the general of the monks of monte oliveto liberale illuminated many books for that order and in these he succeeded so well that he was commissioned in consequence to illuminate some that had been left unfinished that is to say only written in the library of the piccolomini he also illuminated some books of plain song for the duomo of that city where he would have remained longer executing many works that he had in hand but being driven away by envy and persecution he set off to return to verona with eight hundred crowns that he had earned which he lent afterwards to the monks of monte oliveto at st maria in organo from whom he drew interest to support him from day to day having thus returned to verona he gave his attention for the rest of his life more to illumination than to any other kind of work 
at bardolino a place on the lake of garda he painted a panel picture which is now in the pieve and another for the church of saint tommaso apostolo for the chapel of saint bernardo likewise in the church of saint fermo a convent of friars of saint francis he painted a panel picture of the first named saint with some scenes from his life in the predella in the same place also in another's he executed many nuptial pictures one of which containing the madonna with the child in her arms marrying saint catherine is in the house of messer vincenzio de medici at verona on the corner of the house of the cartai on the way from ponte nuovo to saint maria in organo and verona he painted a madonna and saint joseph in fresco a work which was much extolled liberale would have liked to paint the chapel of the riva family which had been built in order to honor the memory of giovanni riva a captain of men-of-arms at the battle of the taro in the church of saint euphemia but he did not receive the commission which was given to some strangers and he was told that he was too old and that his sight was failing him when this chapel was opened a vast number of faults were perceived in it and liberali said that he who had given the commission had been much more blind than himself finally being eighty-four years of age or even more liberale allowed himself to be ruled by his relatives and particularly by a married daughter who like the rest treated him very badly at which having grown angry both with her and with his other relatives and happening to have under his charge one francesco torbido called il moro then a young man who was a diligent painter and much affected towards him he appointed him as heir to the house and garden that he had at saint giovanni in valle a very pleasant part of the city and with him he took up his quarters saying that he would rather give the enjoyment of his property to one who loved virtue than to those who ill-treated their nearest of kin but no long time passed before he died which was on the day of saint chiara and the year fifteen thirty six at the age of eighty-five and he was buried in saint giovanni and valle his disciples were giovanni francesco carotto and giovanni carotto francesco turbido called il moro and paolo cavusola of whom since they are truly excellent masters i shall make mention in their due order giovanni francesco carotto was born in verona in the year fourteen seventy and after having learned the first rudiments of letters being drawn to painting he abandoned the studies of grammar and placed himself to learn painting under the veronese liberale undertaking to recompense him for his pains young as he was then giovanni francesco devoted himself with such love and diligence to design that even in his earliest years he was a great assistance to liberale both in that and in colouring no long time after when his judgment had increased with his years he saw the works of andrea mantenega in verona and thinking as indeed was the truth that these were of another manner and better than those of his master he so wrought upon his father that he was given leave with the gracious consent of liberale to apprentice himself to mantegna having gone to mantua therefore and having placed himself under mantegna in a short time he made such proficience that andrea sent out works by carotto as works by his own hand in short before many years had passed by he became an able master were on the altar of the three magi in the church of the hospital of st cosimo at verona where he painted on the folding doors that enclosed that altar the circumcision of christ and the flight into egypt with other figures in the church of the frati in gesuati 
called saint girolamo in two angles of a chapel he painted the madonna and the angel of the annunciation and for the prior of the friars of saint giorgio he executed a little panel picture of the manger in which he may be seen to have greatly improved his manner since the heads of the shepherds and of all the other figures have expressions so sweet and so beautiful that this work was much extolled and that rightly and if it were not that the priming of gesso is peeling off through having been badly prepared so that the picture is gradually perishing it would be enough by itself to keep him alive for ever in the memory of his fellow-citizens next having been commissioned by the men who governed the company of the angel raphael to paint their chapel in the church of st euphemia he executed therein two stories of the angel raphael in fresco and in the altarpiece in oils three large angels raphael in the centre and gabriel and michael on either side and all with good draughtsmanship and colouring he was reproached indeed for having made the legs of those angels too slender and wanting in softness to which he made a pleasant and gracious answer saying that even as angels were represented with wings and with bodies so to speak celestial and ethereal as if they were birds so it was only right to make their legs lean and slender to the end that they might fly and soar upwards with greater ease for that altar of the church of st giorgio where there is a christ bearing his cross he painted st rocco and st sebastian with some scenes in the predella executed with very beautiful little figures and by order of the company of the madonna he painted on the predella of the altar of that company in st bernardino the nativity of the madonna and the massacre of the innocents with a great variety of attitudes in the murderers and in the groups of children whom their mothers are defending with all their might this work is held in great veneration and is kept covered the better to preserve it and it was the reason that the men of the fraternity of saint stefano commissioned him to paint three pictures with similar figures for their altar in the old duomo of verona containing three little scenes from the life of our lady her marriage the nativity of christ and the story of the magi after these works thinking that he had gained enough credit in verona giovan francesco was minded to depart and make trial of other places but his friends and relatives pressing him much persuaded him to take to wife a young woman of noble birth the daughter of messer bragliazzarti grandono whom he married in fifteen o five in a short time however after he had had a son by her she died in childbirth and giovan francesco thus left free departed from verona and went off to milan where signor anton maria visconti received him into his house and caused him to execute many works for its adornment meanwhile there was brought to milan by a fleming a head of a young man taken from life and painted in oils which was admired by every one in that city but giovan francesco seeing it laughed and said i am confident that i can do better at which the fleming mocked him but after many words the matter came to this that giovan francesco was to try his hand losing his own picture in twenty-five crowns if he lost and winning the fleming's head in likewise twenty-five crowns if he won sending to work therefore with all his powers giovan francesco made a portrait of an aged gentleman with shaven face with a falcon on his wrist but although this was a good likeness the head of the fleming was judged to be better giovan francesco did not make a good choice in executing his portrait for he took a head that could not do him honour whereas if he had chosen a handsome young man and had made a good likeness of him as he did of the old man he would at least have equalled his adversary's picture even if he had not surpassed it 
but for all this the head of giovan francesco did not fail to win praise and the fleming showed him courtesy for he contented himself with the head of the shaven old man and being a noble and courteous person would by no means accept the five-and-twenty crowns this picture came after some time into the possession of madonna isabella de este marchioness of mantua who paid a very good price for it to the fleming and placed it as a choice work in her study in which she had a vast number of very beautiful coins pictures works in marble and castings after completing his work for visconti giovan francesco being invited by giuglielmo marquis of montferrat went willingly to serve him as visconti straightly besought him to do on his arrival a fine provision was assigned to him in setting to work he painted for that noble at casale and a chapel where he heard mass as many pictures as were necessary to fill it and adorn it on every side with subjects from the old testament and the new which were executed by him with supreme diligence as was also the chief altar-piece he then executed many works throughout the apartments of that castle which brought him very great fame and in saint domenico by the order of that marquis he painted the whole of the principal chapel for the adornment of the tomb wherein he was to be laid to rest in which work giovan francesco acquitted himself so well that he was rightly rewarded with honourable gifts by the liberality of his patron who also favoured him by making him one of his own chamberlains as may be seen from an instrument that is in the possession of his heirs at verona he made portraits of that lord and of his wife with many pictures that they sent to france and also the portrait of Jouglilmont, their eldest child who was then a boy and likewise portraits of their daughters and of all the ladies who were in the service of the marchioness on the death of the marquis Jouglilmont, giovan francesco departed from casale after first selling all the property that he had in those parts and made his way to verona where he so arranged his affairs and those of his son to whom he gave a wife that in a short time he found himself in possession of more than seven thousand ducats but he did not therefore abandon his painting indeed having a quiet mind and not being obliged to rack his brain for a livelihood he gave more attention to it than ever it is true that either from envy or for some other reason he was accused of being a painter who could do nothing but little figures wherefore in executing the altarpiece of the chapel of the madonna in st fermo a convent of friars of st francis wishing to show that the accusation was a calumny he painted the figures larger than life and so well that they were the best that he had ever done in the air is our lady seated in the lap of st anne with some angels standing upon clouds and beneath are st peter st john the baptist st rocco and st sebastian and not far away in the most beautiful landscape is st francis receiving the stigmata this work indeed is held by craftsmen to be not otherwise than good for the chapel of the cross in st bernardino a seat of the frati zoccolanti he painted christ kneeling on one knee and taking leave of his mother and this work stirred to emulation by the many notable pictures by the hands of other masters that are in that place he strove to surpass them all wherefore in truth he acquitted himself very well and was praised by all who saw it save only by the guardian of that convent who like the boorish and solemn fool that he was reproved giovan francesco with biting words saying that he had made christ show such little reverence to his mother as to kneel only upon one knee to which giovan francesco answered by saying father first do me the favour of kneeling down and rising up again and i will then tell you for what reason i have painted christ so 
the guardian after much persuasion knelt down placing on the ground first his right knee and then his left and in raising up he raised first the left and then the right which done giovan francesco said did you observe father guardian that you neither knelt down nor rose up with both knees together i tell you therefore that this christ of mine is right because one might say that he is either coming to his knees before his mother or beginning after having knelt a while to raise one leg in order to rise at which the guardian had to appear a little appeased although he went off muttering under his breath giovan francesco was very sharp in his answers and it is also related of him that once being told by a priest that his figures were too seductive for altar priests he replied a lusty fellow you must be if painted figures so move you think how much you are to be trusted in places where there are living people for you to touch at isola a place on the lake of garda he painted two panel pictures for the church of the zoccolanti and at malsasino a township above that same lake he painted a very beautiful madonna over the door of a church and some saints within the church at the request of fracastoro a very famous poet who was much his friend for count giovan francesco giusti executing a subject conceived by that nobleman he painted a young man wholly naked except for the parts of shame and in an attitude of indecision as to whether he shall rise up or not and on one side he had a most beautiful young woman representing minerva who with one hand was pointing out to him a figure of fame on high and with the other was urging him to follow her but sloth and idleness who were behind the young man were striving to detain him below these was a figure with an uncouth face rather that of a slave and a plebeian than of one of noble blood who had two great snails clinging to his elbows and was seated on a crab and near him was another figure with the hands full of poppies this invention in which are other beautiful details and fancies was executed by giovan francesco with supreme diligence and love and it serves as the headboard of a bedstead at that nobleman's lovely place near verona which is called st maria and stella the same master painted the whole of a little chamber with various scenes and little figures for count raimondo della torre and since he delighted in working in relief he executed not only models for his own purposes and for the arrangement of draperies but also other things of his own fancy of which there are some to be seen in the house of his heirs and in particular a scene in half-relief which is not otherwise than passing good he also executed portraits on medallions and some are still to be seen such as that of guglielmo marquis of montferrat which has on the reverse a hercules slain with a motto that runs montra domat he painted portraits of count raimondo della torre messer giulio his brother and messer giolamo fracastoro but when giovan francesco became old he began gradually to lose his mastery over art as may be seen from the organ doors in saint maria della scala from the panel picture of the movi family wherein is a deposition from the cross and from the chapel of saint martino and saint anastasia giovan francesco had always a great opinion of himself and not for anything in the world would he have ever copied another man's work in his own now bishop giovan matteo giberti wished him to paint some stories of the madonna in the great chapel of the duomo and had the designs for these drawn in rome by giolio romano who was very much his friend for giberti was daughter to pope clement the seventh 
but when the bishop had returned to verona giovan francesco would never consent to execute these designs at which the bishop in disdain caused them to be put into execution by francesco called il moro giovan francesco held an opinion in which he was not far from the truth that varnishing pictures spoiled them and made them become old sooner than they otherwise would and for this reason he used varnish in the darks while painting together with certain purified oils he was also the first who executed landscapes well in verona and wherefore there are some by his hand to be seen in that city which are very beautiful finally when seventy-six years of age giovan francesco died the death of a good christian leaving his grandchildren and his brother giovanni carotto passing well provided this giovanni after first applying himself to art under his brother and then spending some time in venice had just returned to verona when giovanni francesco passed to the other life and thus he took a hand with the grandchildren in inspecting the things of art that had been left to them among these they found a portrait of an old man in armor very beautiful both in drawing and in color which was the best work by the hand of giovanni francesco that was ever seen and likewise a little picture containing a deposition from the cross which was presented to signor spitek a man of great authority with the king of poland who had come at that time to some baths that are in the territory of verona giovanni francesco was buried in the madonna del organo and the chapel of saint nicolo which he himself had adorned with his paintings End of section two.